Frederick Buechner said, the story of any one of us is in some measure the story of us all. Welcome to First 15, brought to you by Word of Prayer. This is Ron, and I'm your guide on this journey. Thanks for tuning into our podcast. I encourage you to follow us on Spotify, subscribe on iTunes, or share it with a friend so they can start their day right too. In Season 5, we're learning to pray through narrative or Bible stories, which is the most common literary genre in the Bible. Now, in Episode 1, I introduced the big idea of praying through narrative. Stories all have a plot, a setting, and characters. And the often overlooked hero of stories in the Bible is God himself. Usually we relate with one of the human characters in the story, and that's really part of the design. God enters into our human experience to teach us important truths clothed in human flesh. Sometimes those truths come through despite most or all of the human characters acting out in terrible ways. We'll see some of that today in 1 Samuel 2. Now, the whole Bible is one unified story that points us to God, who is most clearly and fully revealed in the person of Jesus. Before we get too far into this season, we're going to get a high-level, comprehensive look at the storyline of the entire Bible. Most stories don't really start that way, though, at the very beginning and take us sequentially through. They begin in the middle of things. And that's what we're doing by jumping into the story of Samuel in 1 Samuel chapters 1 through 3. Now, after episode 3, we're going back to Genesis. But before we do, we have some important points to cover about narrative and how we should approach God's Word Instead of listing them out here, we're going to discover them in the early parts of Samuel's story before we reflect on them after episode 3. It's important we learn to listen to the story that God is telling us, to read the story and just let it shape us into the people God wants us to be. So with that, we're going to listen right now to 1 Samuel chapter 2. Now this chapter is longer, it's 36 verses long, And it has a mixture of poetic prayer and narrative. Some people might have difficulty listening to all of this and staying focused. If that's you, you might want to read 1 Samuel 2 on your own and then come back and listen to this. I've shared before the basic process we follow on this podcast for hearing, meditating, praying, and then applying scriptures as we grow closer to God. You can find that on episode 1. And I have a help sheet also that you can download if you want more about that. So now I'm going to share with you 1 Samuel 2. Hannah prayed and said, My heart rejoices in Yahweh. I open my mouth wide at my enemies. I'm glad in your deliverance. There is no one holy like Yahweh. Truly, there is no one besides you. There is no rock like our God. Talk no more so high and so proud. Let no arrogance come out of your mouth, for Yahweh is a God who knows. By him, actions are weighed. The bows of the mighty are broken, but those who stumbled are armed with strength. Those who were full have hired themselves out for bread. Those who were hungry are satisfied. While the barren woman bears seven, the mother of many children has become weak. 
Yahweh brings death and He gives life. He brings down to Sheol and also lifts up to life. Yahweh makes poor and He makes rich. He casts down, He also lifts up. He raises the poor from the dust. He lifts up the needy from the ash pile to seat them among princes and cause them to inherit a throne of glory. For the pillars of the earth are Yahweh's. He has set the world on them. He will guard the steps of His holy ones. But the wicked will be silenced in darkness, for no one can prevail by strength. Those who strive with Yahweh shall be broken to pieces. He will thunder against them in the heavens. Yahweh will judge the ends of the earth. He will give strength to his king and triumph to his anointed. Elkanah went to Ramah to his house. The child served Yahweh before Eli the priest. Now the sons of Eli were wicked men. They didn't know Yahweh. The custom of the priest with the people was that when anyone offered a sacrifice, the priest's servant came with a three-pronged fork in his hand while the meat was boiling, and he stabbed it into the pan or kettle or cauldron or pot. The priest took all that the fork brought up for his own portion. They did this to all the Israelites who came there to Shiloh. But Eli's sons, even before they burned the fat for the offering, the priest's servant came and said to the one who sacrificed, Give meat to the priest to roast for himself, for he will not accept boiled meat from you, but only raw. And if the man said to him, Let the fat be burned first, and then take as much as you want, then he would say, No, you'll give it to me now, and if not, I'll take it by force. The sin of the young men was very great before Yahweh, for the men despised Yahweh's offering. But Samuel ministered before Yahweh, being a child, and he was clothed with a linen ephod. Moreover, his mother made him a little robe and brought it to him from year to year when she came up with her husband to offer the yearly sacrifice. Eli blessed Elkanah and his wife and said, May Yahweh give you seed from this woman for the petition which was asked of Yahweh. And then they went to their own home. Yahweh visited Hannah, and she conceived and bore three sons and two daughters. The child, Samuel, grew before Yahweh. Now, Eli was very old, and he heard all that his sons did to all Israel and how they slept with the women who served at the door of the tent of meeting. He said to them, Why do you do such things? For I hear of your evil dealings from all these people. No, my sons, it's not a good report that I hear. You make Yahweh's people disobey. If one man sins against another, God will judge him, but if a man sins against Yahweh, who will intercede for him? Nevertheless, they didn't listen to the voice of their father, and for this, Yahweh intended to kill them. The child Samuel continued growing and increased in favor both with Yahweh and also with men. A man of God came to Eli and said to him, Yahweh says, Look. 
I revealed myself to your father's house in Egypt when they were subject to Pharaoh's house. And I chose them out of all the tribes of Israel to be my priest, to go up to my altar, to burn incense, to carry an ephod before me. I assigned to your father's house all the offerings of fire made by the Israelites. Why do you disrespect my sacrifices and my offerings, which I have commanded in my dwelling place, and honor your sons above me to make yourselves fat with the best of all the offerings of my people Israel? Therefore, Yahweh, the God of Israel, says, I intended that your house and the house of your father should walk before me forever. But now, Yahweh says, Far be it from me, for I honor those who honor me, but those who despise me will be cursed. Be certain, a time will come that I will break your authority and that of your father's house, and there will be no elder in your house. You will be jealous to see in my dwelling place all the wealth which I will give Israel, yet there won't be an elder in your house ever. I won't cut off all your offspring from my altar right away, but your eyes will look longingly and your heart will grieve because the descendants of your house will die in their prime. This will be the sign to you that will come on your two sons, on Hophni and Phinehas, In one day, they will both die. I will raise up a faithful priest for myself who will do according to that which is in my heart and in my mind. I will build him a sure house. He will walk before my anointed forever. It will happen that everyone who is left in your house will come and bow down to him for a piece of silver and a loaf of bread and will say, Please put me into one of the priest's offices that I may eat a morsel of bread. The first thing that I have to say is, wow, there's a lot going on in this passage. Remember, the chapter divisions and the verse numbers were not part of the original, though they make it easy for us to find our place in the Bible But they can sometimes also chop things up and lead us to break up the action. There are at least three or four things going on in 1 Samuel 2. In the first ten verses, Hannah prays to God an amazing prayer. We'll return to it in a minute. Next, we get some background on Eli's sons and a story about how wicked they were, as well as how feeble Eli is in correcting them. And woven into the story, almost like a a contrast to the behavior of Eli's sons, is a comment about young Samuel growing up in Shiloh under Eli's care. Then finally, a prophet delivers a foreboding word from God to Eli about the judgment that God is going to bring on Eli's wicked sons and his entire house. We won't spend a lot of time on Hannah's prayer in this episode. We could choose to camp out there and just meditate on these 10 verses, the first 10 verses of 1 Samuel 2, and pray it. We did refer to it in a bonus episode during 1 15 season 4 when we talked about Mary's prayer called the Magnificat because Mary closely echoes Hannah's prayer 
in Luke chapter 1. She prays about God reversing fortunes, and she ends on a note about him raising up a king with power. And that's really echoing Hannah's prayer as well. These themes about God reversing fortunes and about raising up a king who will reign in his power will be a focus throughout the rest of 1 Samuel. And really, it extends into 2 Samuel, which ends with a psalm that David himself prays at the end of his life, which we know also as Psalm 18. Now, the rest of 1 Samuel 2 highlights a leadership vacuum in Israel. It's told in a very interesting way. First, we hear about Eli's two wicked sons who were introduced in chapter 1, Hophni and Phinehas. They treat the offerings made in Shiloh with contempt and greed for themselves. They are contrasted with the young Samuel who ministers before Yahweh. In the midst of this, Elkanah and Hannah come up to the shrine every year to make a sacrifice as well as to see young Samuel and to give him some clothing. We learn that they themselves are blessed with even more children after Samuel. In fact, three sons and two more daughters. And then after this, we really hear nothing else about Samuel's parents anywhere else in this story. And they aren't mentioned in the rest of the Bible as well. So 1 Samuel 1 and 2 is about all we get about Elkanah and Hannah. The next scene in 1 Samuel 2 shows Eli's two wicked sons sleeping with women who serve at the entrance to the tabernacle. Eli hears all the bad reports and confronts his sons, but they don't listen. And Eli strangely does nothing else besides rebuke them. And then we get another contrast. It's just one verse, but it says Samuel grows both in height and in favor with Yahweh and men, a phrase that Luke also picks up in his gospel to describe the growth of young Jesus. The final scene of chapter 2 sees a man of God come and deliver a grim prophecy of judgment against Eli and his sons, something that Eli takes pretty stoically. He, he doesn't grieve about it. He doesn't argue about it. He just kind of takes it in stride. But this whole notion about judgment on the behavior that is disobedient to God is a theme that's stressed throughout First and Second Samuel and also First and Second Kings. The obedience or the disobedience of fathers and sons and how those choices affect future generations. And so we're going to see that played out in the life of Saul and his son Jonathan. We'll see that in David and his sons. We'll see that in Solomon and then his sons, as well as the kings of Israel and Judah that follow in the long line in the books of First and Second Kings. Let's remember the central character in Bible narratives is God. Humans make choices and live uprightly or wickedly, but the choices have consequences. And God is not mocked. He rewards obedience and he punishes disobedience. Just as Hannah prayed in her prayer, the last two verses, let me remind you of those. She's prayed, 
He will guard the steps of his holy ones, but the wicked will be silenced in darkness, for no man will prevail by strength alone. Those who strive with Yahweh shall be broken to pieces. He will thunder against them in the heavens. Yahweh will judge the ends of the earth. He will give strength to his king and triumph to his anointed. 1 Samuel 2 begins with prayer and then it ends with prophecy. God is praised and he has the final word. All the wickedness of man and woman cannot stop God's plans and his will. Let's pray right now. God, how wise and powerful you are. You are mighty and holy. Hannah blessed you and so will I. I'm glad in your deliverance. There is no one holy like you, Yahweh. Truly, there's no one besides you. There is no rock like our God. You make poor and you make rich. You cast down the proud to humble them, and you also lift up and promote people to places of honor and influence. Lord, to grow up in your presence and to continue growing in your favor is what we seek. Bless us as we read and meditate on your word. Teach us your story and help us on our path. In Jesus' name, amen. Take a moment today to meditate on Elkanah, Hannah, and Eli, and the difference that godly parents make. If you are a parent, pray for wisdom and help to guide your children in whatever way God has given you to influence them. As a child, and all of us are children of our parents, Meditate on the role that godly or ungodly parents have in the life of their child, whether those children are young or old, whether they're present or absent. Elkanah and Hannah didn't have the chance to raise Samuel. They entrusted him to Eli, and he grew up in the Lord's presence, in Yahweh's presence in Shiloh. He was absent from them, even from a young age. But think about the influence that godly or ungodly parents have in the life of their child. Eli was present with his own sons, and yet he did not use that opportunity to influence them sufficiently to turn them to the right way or to distance himself from their wickedness. And finally, let me just ask you, Is there anything that you yourself need to express to your parents today? So that's it for today. 1 Samuel chapter 2, and I hope this has been helpful. Share it with someone else if it has, even if that's just letting them know what you got from this portion of Scripture, because it's always better when we can pass the truth along in our own experience of walking with God and letting Other people share that and testify to them. And I hope that you will um, follow through on that as well. Also, let me hear from you. I'd love to hear your comments, your feedback. Um, Today's episode is brought to you by 1 Samuel, How to Be a Child After God's Heart, a book that my wife, Angela, wrote 
as a home devotional. You can find it on Amazon. We also have a link to it in the show notes. We have a Facebook page as well as an Instagram and a Twitter account for Word of Prayer. So look for me there where we can connect and continue the conversation. Until next time, keep listening and praying and meditating on God's Word. Let it bless you richly.